Hello, this is Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. Voted Best Chiropractor in Marin, California, Dr. Mark Schillinger is a man of many faces. Known as the Teen Whisperer, he combines the sciences of personal growth, neuroscience, mindfulness-based stress management, and tribal ancestral family wisdom to help families. Navigating his own teen son away from drugs and alcohol, he has been a family mentor for over 20 years. The founder of the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, a rite of passage adventure camp for young men, he also hosts rite of passage events for parents, and in his spare time, he collaborates with his son, Gabe, a hip-hop producer, and Mark is a thought leader, a social philosopher, public speaker, community leader, and a chiropractor specializing in mind-body wellness. He's also, his work has been featured on CNN, and I am so delighted to have him with us today. How are you, Mark? Happy to be here. Always happy to share information that's going to help people. Well, it's pretty amazing information, especially given the fact that, you know, that teen suicide is on the rise and, you know, drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol are still a, a major part, you know, of the picture. So, so tell us, you founded this organization, Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, in 2000? Was that uh-huh. it? So what was yes, going on in your was. life? What prompted you to do this? Well, what was going on for me was that I was failing. I was failing as being the world's best daddy. I just could not seem to figure out how to raise my daughter, Becca, and my son, Gabe. It pained me. I knew I could do better, but I didn't know how. I was desperate for help, and um, I found out about a event up in Canada that was kind of like a rite of passage. I was told that it might be able to help my relationship with me and Gabe, and so we went, and it was helpful. I didn't think it completed the whole work that we needed, but it really started the process of sort of melting away all the tension. Uh, a few weeks after that, I was taken out to the desert by one of my mentors uh, who used to take me on desert survival trips and, and vision quests. And I had an amazing aha experience there, which was to really fulfill my calling as a child, which I always wanted to do something big in the world. I was out in the desert. It was really quiet. I was just sitting there, and I just had this aha that I needed to start doing rite of passage events for not just young men but for families. Uh, that that's what was missing. So with the help of many amazing women and men in the Bay Area, we put together the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend. We had no budget. We had no money. We just put out the word. And right here in Marin County at a Boy Scout camp, we held our first Young Men's Ultimate Weekend. We had no idea how many young men to expect. And we ended up with 205 young men and lots of parents dropping their sons off saying, please help us. And that's when I realized that I was not the only father uh, who was having a hard time raising their son. So from that day on, uh, my second vision, so to speak, was to shift gears from chiropractic primarily to now having this career as family mentor. That is so beautiful. You know, the, the, you just put it in a nutshell about second vision. Second vision is all about finding a purpose when you're reinventing yourself. You know, when you have a problem and the, the first plan or vision fails and then you're trying to 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 make it better from there on in, which you have done. And so tell us, I mean, the parents are not involved in the weekend. You drop the, the, the kids off, and yeah. and who's teaching yeah. the weekend? Who's who's leading the weekend? <laughs> tell us about the weekend. I will. So the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend goes on out in the woods. 
um, away from all the digital distractions and the distractions of their parents. Uh, oh, isn't that great? And, no and phones. Friends. So no phones, no. And, of course, when we take their phones away, they think, you think that we were amputating their legs. They would freak out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, any I one mean, of us. <laughs> that's true. Well said. Any one of us. Uh, so at the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, it's really designed to help the young men think to themselves, tap into their own innate instinctual wisdom. And so the events are really profound. I mean, the highlight of the event, if I might just jump right in, is what we call the letting go of the boy ceremony. It happens on a Saturday night after all the young men have been really working hard uh, with, like, ropes courses, drumming circles. Um, they do some hip-hop, which they really love. But they're really challenged mentally, emotionally, physically all day long. We really tire them out. And then Saturday night after dinner, they go back to their team areas because there's no structures. Everybody's sleeping out under the stars and sleeping bags. So they just go back to their part of the woods. And then all of a sudden they hear these drums pounding. Uh, the next thing they know, they're being blindfolded. They're standing up and they're doing what's called a trust walk where they're walking through the woods and they can't see and they have to rely on the young man in front of them who's being led by a mentor. They go, well, welcome to my the... life. Yeah. <laughs> being so visually impaired. They... Yeah. I know. I've heard about that with you. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. And oh, there's that's great okay. benefits to that, as you know, right? Because you get to develop other parts of your you know, you senses, and trust. sensitive and trust, right? And that's what these young men are being led to, a trust fall. So they learn to trust their other senses, their intuition. They have to let go and think they're in control. They get to a certain spot deep in the woods where they hear didgeridoos and drumming. And then they're separated from the young men on their team. They walk up uh, many steps to a big plank platform. Um, and then they are told to lock their knees and grab their balls and fall backwards. And they do this long trust fall. They are free-falling, and, of course, they're caught by many men. Then they are silently pointed and told. They take off their their, um, their blindfolds, and they're just pointed to a spot deeper in the woods. They walk alone. And then there's many men from the community who come to this event to help them release all their past pain, hurts, emotional trauma. They all get to this spot in the woods. And uh, back in the day when I used to lead them, I would be the main person. Now there's other, you know, many great men who are trained to do this work. But we call them the ringmaster. The main man goes into the big circle where all these men are and young men are. And they say, tonight, tonight, you're never going to forget. This is an opportunity you may never get again. But if you're going to really go on to be a man, you have to just let go of all your past pain, hurt, and disappointments with your parents, girlfriends, teachers, whatever it may be. And it's very physical. It's a real big gestalt kind of release. Um, where the young men get to push up against all these adult men, and the men represent all their, you know, past pains. And it's screaming, yelling, pounding the dirt. About two or three hours later when it's over, and the men go too, not just the young men, the men grieve also. When it's all over, everybody looks like they just went through this amazing shower. They're all so clean. Their faces are lit up. They feel so happy that they've got a chance to rage and just get it over with. Um, and then we have this big circle up afterwards, and they just look different. And we welcome them into adulthood where we let them know that anger is normal, uh, pain and grieving is normal, but they have to know when, where, and with who to do that, that it's not appropriate to take their anger out on their parents or their siblings or anybody for that matter, um, that they have to have the right men around them. The next morning they immediately go into a sweat lodge where they learn to really trust their intuition, to tap into their intuition, 
And yes, I would call it praying, but in our work, we don't pray to anyone or anything. We are non-denominational that way. But just to ask to receive wisdom through their faculties of intuition. So those two events really back-to-back, I would say, are the highlights of the weekend. By the time the weekend is over, they are reunited with their parents. Now, I'm in a hotel with their parents doing a rite of passage for them. And the rite of passage for parents is where the, young, where the parents learn to let go of their son's voice, and they get a chance to grieve their sons away, and they learn all the technology that I've created over the years on how to have great relationships with teenagers in this era of technological, uh, I call it a technolo- technological bomb that's been thrown in their families with all these digital devices. So I teach them a method called the Right Way Method of Family Unity. They learn how to have caring and cooperative relationships with their sons. So by the end of the workshop, we all drive over to the woods where the young men are. They get reunited with their sons in this just tear-jerking ceremony, and the results over the last 20 years have been amazing. You know, we're really restoring relationships between parents and young men, and the young men really get that they are responsible for their own well-being. I, I wish you could see my face because I'm, I'm so impressed. I, I can't. You designed this entire program and found the, the, the teachers, the actual the, the counselors and everything at the camp. You must have started from ground zero. We who started who from are the ground people zero. teaching them? Well, are they social workers? I, or are they? No, no, no. These are all men in my community, right here in Marin, Sonoma, Santa Cruz, that area. These are all men who wanted to help out with this project, and as I was putting together this method with the help of many other men, uh, we started training men year in and year out. So there are dozens of men who can now lead the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, which is great because I'm in a hotel with the parents. So of course. all these men have been trained. You know, all these men have been trained to do the work. And um, no, they don't have to be social workers. They have to be men who have a certain level of sophistication of understanding. Yeah. Tribal wisdom and the brain science and everything in between, but this is yeah, it's very delicate. I mean, you're dealing with somebody's emotions like that, and if you can learn those emotions and get them out, as you say, at that age, I mean, no wonder it prevents so much drug abuse. And I I remember even in the 70s growing up, and you know, there's so much pot smoking, and you know, uh, I won't get detailed, but I know parents who were going (laughs) to to classes. uh, I don't want anyone I know to kill me or or um, a family member, but um, I know parents were going to to school to find out about their kids, and many were coming away saying that they knew everything, and yet the kids were still doing drugs. So there must have been a terrible disconnect there in the educational system that they weren't telling them certain things. Well, long, very long story short, uh, the history of family stress really dates back to when uh, humans started to domesticate plants and animals and then people. And that's when, you know, up until then, we were all pretty much egalitarian. Everybody shared. Everybody had enough. Parents didn't have to worry about their children making it because they knew the tribe needed them. So everybody had about the same material wealth. When that changed with the agricultural revolution, I'm not saying that as a judgment. I'm just saying here's what happened. A few people had a lot, and the rest of us didn't have as much. And from that change, there was always a striving for parents to really make sure their kids could make it, and that apprehension alone is what started to change the relationships between parents and young people, where people, young people felt like you know, they couldn't understand the apprehension of the parents, and they misinterpreted that as like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, my parents don't understand me. Then fast forward to the Industrial Revolution, and then the uh, educational revolution where basically children were meant to be sitting in chairs all day long and become, you know, puppets basically, you know, to go get a job and then make it in the world. And so on top of that, we had this technological bomb, which is really where 
parents and young people are disconnected because everybody's so distracted by these diversions of digital devices. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to wind up this long story, I don't blame the parents for not being able to help their children as much as we used to be able to help our children because there is so much distraction, so much stress. Interference. Uh, par- yeah. Right? Parents have to work so hard just to make ends meet. I do. So yes. I understand that. The number one thing that we teach, though, Kristen, for all the parents and all the children, number one, first and foremost, without exception, is everybody needs to learn how to relax. And so we teach people how to relax in 15 seconds or less so that no matter what kind of tension is arising, the first thing everybody's trained to do is to stop talking and calm themselves down. And then Mm -hmm. from there... They can speak when they have valuable things to say in a respectful way. So that's the very first thing we're teaching to help people get back to basically our ancestral roots where people had to respect each other, remain loyal and cooperative, or nobody would make it. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. Now, have you ever thought about the Young Women's Ultimate Weekend? I mean, you know, yes. they're, yeah. I, 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 yes, absolutely. Back in the day when we started Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, you know, it was our vision to also put on Rite of Passage events to parents and for young women. So it's not that we don't want to do it. It just takes, we learn just by doing the Young Men's Ultimate Weekend, it takes a lot of volunteers, a of lot course. of time to train, and a lot of money. And, you know, we're a shoestring operation. Oh, you're we grassroots. By every yeah. year. We are grassroots still. Now, maybe after our appearance on Lisa Ling, CNN, that'll change. But the only reason that holds, the only really thing that holds us back from having the Young Women's Ultimate Weekend is we just don't have the force of people and the money to put it on. Otherwise, we would be doing that because our vision at Young Men's Ultimate Weekend is helping to create a world where young men and young women know how to work together based on love and generosity and cooperation and not on what's being modeled to them by most leaders these days, which is great, you know, greed, hatred, and domination. Right. No, you're, you're, so, you're so correct there. I wonder if schools would ever sponsor it, you know? certain schools or universities, because the universities have a lot of money. Yes, and, you know, people have told us that, and we will, you know, God willing, we'll get there. It's certainly in our vision, and now we're getting more volunteers since our appearance on Lisa Ling. Um, I, I do believe, you know, I'm a visionary, and mm-hmm. I, I like to have third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh visions coming mm-hmm. through. Yes, so, oh, of course. No, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So, you know, Lisa Ling did an amazing thing for us. She really, she heard about the program. She trusted me. She came with her whole crew. She filmed the whole thing. We never had a woman there before, ever. She was impeccable. She also came to the hotel and filmed where I was teaching the parents. And at the end, you know, she put together this story that I could never tell. And it aired on CNN in November, and it was just a huge hit. I mean, we're still digging out of all the emails and phone calls that we got. So... Hopefully that will lead us forward where we do have the funds and the personnel that we can put on all these events and really do our part to change the world. Well, if all else fails, you can always do a reality show on it. <laughs> You'll get the money for it because you can take a few people true. and follow it, you know, like Survivor, and watch them, the yep. evolution, do a documentary. I, my, my background is in television, so I'm always thinking about those visions. But so, yep. so, you know, let's talk about some of your techniques. And firstly, have you... You probably haven't had time to write a book, but you should. I mean, uh, have you Thank have you. you written a journal on this or anything? Because it's... Um, Well, I have about 10,000 pages in my computer that just need me to take six months off to put it together, and I have a couple oh, of books. Oh, okay, great. You know, my sister's that's a great really editor. If you ever to. need an editor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, no, seriously, thank you. Absolutely. 
because I know I need to do that. Um, that said, there's different elements of this right-way method of family unity that involves the sciences, as you mentioned, like personal growth, stress management, parent attachment yes. bonding, things like that. So one of the main things is, that, in fact, the main thing, of course, is the relaxation that is really, really important. Then we do have a whole section on reality itself, like learning how to understand and accept reality on its terms. And, you know, just one core teaching is that this is a both-and universe, not an either-or, so that parents and young people need to learn that everybody can have their perspective. They can both be true. It doesn't have to be a right or a wrong all the time. They can just be both true. The third thing we teach is how to communicate so that the parents and the young people have a seven-step communication process that they can use where the parents don't lose their authority and they can treat their teens like young adults, which is actually what they are. Then we actually teach parents and young people how to grieve and let go of their past anger with each other in a safe and respectful way. Um, I teach parents how to do rite of passage events in their own home if they haven't attended you know, the parenting workshop. Uh, we use consequences in, in a positive discipline sort of way with the context that the young people need to learn to develop certain virtues and values like responsibility and accountability and reliability so that they can make it in the outside world. And then, of course, we bring in personal growth so that the young people get that, that we're not just asking, the, asking them to conform to the dictates of the community and the society. We're also teaching them authenticity, helping them discover their own personal virtues and values and behaviors that make them feel free, happy, and enlightened. That's the key part. So we have an expression, authenticity, uh, I'm sorry, authenticity outshines conformity, meaning it's okay to ask, ask children to conform, but not at the expense of their authenticity. So we teach both, how to conform and how to be authentic. Um, and then we teach families how to share their resources. So the context becomes you're not a boy anymore, you're not a girl, you're a young adult. You need to contribute back to this little hut, this little house that you're all living in. So we call that resourcing where everybody shares their talents. Uh, we teach families how to set goals, personal and family goals. And then as a wellness doctor, then everybody learns how to create a lifestyle that helps them develop their personal growth and spiritual development. And finally, we teach them how to rejoice, that even when they disagree, they can still rejoice uh, and the importance of celebration and gratitude. So all these things are components of what we teach. And within a few months, you know, parents and, and young people learn how to put it all together. It's pretty remarkable to watch the results happen. It must be. I mean, how many weekends do they go on? How, how, how long is this course that the kids take? Well, the Young Men's Weekend is only Friday through Sunday. It's one weekend. Now, we've had many young men return for second and third, and uh -huh. we've had many young men come back to volunteer because once they've attended two Young Men's Ultimate Weekends, they can be a volunteer. So right. when, you have, when you have new young men showing up for an event that they don't want to go to on a Friday night and they see seven or eight or nine, ten young men not much older than them or even the same age as them, and they are one of the production mentors, that's a really big deal. And the young men who become mentors for us, their, their personal growth and evolution really accelerates because they're hanging around trained mentors all the time. You know, in a weekend like that, you never forget. I mean, I, t 10, 12 years ago, I've mentioned this before in the show, I took a phenomenal course because the kinds of things that you're teaching are they, people pay thousands of dollars for later in their life, you know. And I was actually uh, going to be a speaker. It's a long story. It's an organization called mm -hmm. HBI in, in Florida, the Human Performance mm -hmm. Institute. It's, uh, I think the, they're backed by Johnson & Johnson. But anyway, my point mm -hmm. being, 
the weekend was so amazing. And after I had auditioned, I, I wanted to go back for a second time because those skills, you know, writing your own story and learning about relaxation and meditation and balancing your, your physical, mental, your nutritional, all those things, these are the types of things you're talking about that you, you just spend thousands of dollars on years later in your life if you don't get them early. So to teach those concepts early on, no wonder you're preventing kids from getting all screwed up with drugs, you know. Yes, absolutely. That's the whole idea. I mean, I am convinced, as a visionary anyway, that the only way the world is going to make it is if families are producing young people who know how to care and cooperate with each other, and then it can change. So I think think the family thing, that's where my second vision came from. Yes, I was happy being a chiropractor, voted best doctor in my area by a couple of newspapers, and really helping people with wellness, which I still do. However... That second vision became, I, if I'm going to really fulfill my childhood of dream of doing something big, it's going to be mm-hmm. through the agency of families. And so that's what I see, being a family mentor, which is what I do. Um, to me, that's the best calling that I could be doing to help the world right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, so let's talk about, too, some of the symptoms I meant to ask earlier. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what parents should watch for, you know, families or with a good friend yeah. or anyone, you know, that someone's on the wrong track. And what are the drugs that kids are using now today? Not so much which drugs they're using, it's the reasons why. Okay. Right. So yes, you're pointing you're pointing to a good thing. When young people like my son Gabe, who is just withdrawing further and further away from me, I like to use the analogy, it was like he was on a ship and I was standing on the dock in the harbor and he was just moving further away and I had no way to get to him. The first sign is withdrawal. So even before the era of digital dominance that would be a major sign when your children starting to retreat away from you. They still love you, but they don't understand you. They think you don't understand them. So they start to retreat even more so than your natural biological urge to hang out with their friends and be on their own. The other thing is the opposite. Uh, young people, especially young men, when they don't feel understood or heard, they can also become very aggressive. And they're going through a stage in life where they're supposed to be aggressive and learning how to channel that aggression so that they can accomplish great things in the world. But if they're not getting that teaching, that aggression becomes really disrespectful and sometimes violent behavior with their parents. So those are the two main things, signs of withdrawing, signs of aggression. Unfortunately, on top of all that, now with digital devices, young people love to withdraw. And so they, their parents can't even get them downstairs for dinner in their, from their bedroom, so to speak. So this is a major sign when your child is so addicted to their drugs that, like a drug addict, I mean to their devices, that like a drug addict, they're in denial about it, they get violent about it, they won't even leave their room around it, that is a really major sign that your son or daughter is becoming addicted to a device. So those are the biggest things. The, the addiction, and, and do you the think that the, I'm sorry, addiction, withdrawal, and? And aggression. And aggression. Do you think that the pandemic has made it, Better or worse, the kids are stuck at home now. Of course, they're more depressed. I understand that from from mm-hmm. uh, hearing and reading about it. But uh, they can't really go out and party and and have access to drugs as much either. They're doing they're homeschooled. I mean, what what kind of effect it's do you brutal. think this is having? What I'm finding, Kristen, in my work is that while there are some families who are really making the best of this, I would say that's maybe 25 percent of the families. The rest are either mildly suffering or severely suffering. A lot of mental health issues, you know, being a stress management expert, I'm seeing parents and and children all the time now for stress because they're all thrown in to this home where they don't have the skills to cooperate and to share responsibility. 
And and what's happening is that there, the um, the isolation within a home is at an all-time high. So everybody's walking on eggshells. Everybody's afraid if they say or do the wrong thing, the other person's going to explode. So it's really brutal what's happening in families right now. I mean, it is tear-jerking, and we need to have way more compassion as a culture for families and really help lead them out of this problem that's been created by COVID. Yeah, yeah, it's a changed world now. And I understand when you were doing all this, creating it, you were going through a divorce. I mean, how did that affect everything? And I, I, I hear you have friendly terms with your oh, yeah. your ex-wife, which yeah. probably makes things mm-hmm. a whole lot better. Oh, my God. Talk about a There's second a lot vision. about both of you. There's a lot about both of us. Thank you for saying that. Um, well, sure, one of the reasons why Gabe was withdrawing, and, and also my daughter for that matter, because Suzanne and I were going through a painful divorce, I didn't have the skills that I have now, neither did she. Suzanne's now an amazingly gifted family therapist, and we actually teach the Rite of Passage course for parents, and we teach courses on divorced families. But back in the day, we would fight and argue. And one day, I just had to have this epiphany that it was on me. Like, I needed to practice all this stress reduction stuff that I was teaching all my patients and winning awards for, but I couldn't even do it with my my wife and my children. So after the divorce, I'd say about two or three years after, um, the divorce, I started to calm down. I just started to practice everything that I would do for anybody else. And I got to see my former wife for who she really was, my children for who they really were, not who I thought they needed to be. And so at some point we reconciled and we remembered two things. Number one, that we actually loved each other and got married because we both supported each other in our personal growth and spiritual development. And number two, because we decided that we were going to get together again and co-parent because we loved our children, and we wanted nothing more to grow older knowing that our kids could make it in the world. So those two things brought us back together again, and, you know, here we are now 20-plus years later. We do all the holidays together. We do birthdays together. We go for walks together. Uh, my daughter, my son, and my former wife, Suzanne, we all live within five minutes of each other, and I like to say we're the happiest divorced married family. So, yes, we have pulled it together and, you know, we teach other parents how to do it because it's brutal when parents divorce and they have a right to if they can't really get get along. And I would say that they have no right to abandon their families, their children. Uh, they need to really raise them, you know, harmoniously together. That's how I feel. You have a couple of books up your sleeve, I hate to tell you, because that one in itself, you. <laughs> you know, just teaching people divorced parents on how to get along and have it, because I've known so many people who have been divorced, oh, you yeah. know, so I think yeah. that's just incredible. So before we close, because we only have mm-hmm. limited time, uh, firstly, I want to tell people who are listening about your website and, and your Thank information you. so they can access it uh, when and if they mm-hmm. need to. Sure. Okay, so two ways to get a hold of me. One is through the nonprofit. Young Men's Ultimate Weekend. That would be info at YMUW, info at YMUW.org. Um, and by the way, if you go to that website, there's a, um, a free ebook called Why It's Harder Than Ever to Raise Your Son and What You Can Do About It. So feel free to pick that up. And then my work with parents as a family mentor and parent coach, you could find my work at challengingteenagesons.com, challengingteenagesons.com. Com, or you can just you know email me at info at challengingteenagesons.com. And I know that there's a, I think there's a free report there called The Four Secrets to Help Your Son Grow Up Right Now. So if nothing else, go read the report. I think it will be very insightful. Oh, it's fantastic. And could you just leave our listeners also before we close with just a few simple stress management techniques at home, especially during the pandemic, for any age, any, any background, any problem, 
whether it's meditation or uh, breathing, mm-hmm. or what, what are your top picks? Okay. Well, my top picks is a technique that I created called the Right Now Meditation. And while it would take too long to teach it here, it does only take 15 seconds to do. Let me teach you one part of it, which you can learn in just a few moments. It's about controlling the breath. So when we're stressed out, we tend to secrete a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and we get anxious. This breathing technique will help your body and your brain secrete endorphins, which are very healing and calming. So we teach our our parents and our young men to take a normal breath in. It could be through the nose or the mouth or both. So just a normal breath in, no shrugging shoulders. Immediately followed by a slower, longer, controlled breath outward through the nose or the mouth or both. So the longer breath is what initiates the endorphin release. So it's a normal breath in. A slower, longer, controlled breath out. And then you just pause. You just wait for your body when to tell you to breathe in again. And just getting into a breathing cycle like that for about 15, 30 seconds can immediately calm one down. So, so the short the breathing in and then the longer breath out. That's the key, right? right. Taking your time normal, to, to normal exhale. Breath in. Normal, normal breath in breath through in, your nose. But a, yes, or mouth mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. a longer, slower, controlled breath that tells your brain every little thing is going to be all right, you know. Yes. And so the brain secretes the endorphins. And then if you don't rush the breath, the next breath, let your body tell you when, things get better very quickly. Yes, that's that's wonderful. Wonderful advice, and I always like to do my affirmations when I'm doing that, too, if I'm really anxious over yeah. something, you know, and just say, you know, I'm divinely protected. And, and well, Mark, it's been a true pleasure. You know, your work is just, ah, I have the utmost respect for it, and I I, oh, uh, I know that you'll be highly successful. I'm sure you'll get the backing you need someday because yeah. uh, it needs to be out there, you know. There's so many kids who need help, and, and uh, especially now. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Kristen McDonald with my guest, Dr. Mark Schillinger. And please look up his his website. And remember that life is all about purpose. You know, when we're all faced with reinventing ourselves and some sort of adversity in life and finding a purpose the way Mark has is really the way to go. So bless you and stay safe. And thanks for listening. I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision.